Hey everyone, welcome to the Project Esports Podcast, your weekly podcast talking all about the big topics and news going on esports each and every week. As always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren, I am the host for the podcast, um, and with me as always, I have my awesome co-host, I'll let James introduce himself. Uh, hi, yeah. I'm James Graham, I'm the resident Canadian and uh, mental health security officer. Um, I'm also the League of Legends team manager for Honor Esports as well. And Dylan, go ahead. Hey, I'm Dylan. I go by Beal for Real. Um, I do a lot of stuff in the collegiate esports scene. Awesome. And yeah, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about what we've been doing in the recent uh, years and stuff like that related to esports, you can go back to our first couple of episodes. We talked a little bit more in depth about who we are, why we started the podcast, and that kind of stuff. So please go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't to learn a little bit more about us. But today, we really want to just kind of jump right into the content as always and just focus on getting as much news and a much kind of conversation going as possible. So since the last podcast, we had the um, eSports Awards uh, going on last week, and the game of the year um, was Counter-Strike Global Offensive. And honestly to me, that really kind of shocked me. Um, Not that I have anything against CSGO or anything like that. It's just that I don't see it being as big as Dota or... Um, League of Legends, I just don't hear as much about it. So, do you guys kind of have any opinions about that or anything else you might have seen from the esports industry awards? Um, not not particularly. I, unfortunately, I, I missed tuning into a lot of it. Um, so I'm I'm sure they touched on the points of why they gave it to CS:GO. Um, but yeah, that being said, it may be just because I'm not looking, like I'm not looking for it, sort of thing. Um, that I don't know too too much. Uh, like, or I don't see as much coming out of CSGO as, like, the other esports. But I, I think that's just a matter of, like, personal interest more than anything, right? Yeah, I, I agree on that as well. Um, to me, CSGO never really stands out a lot. Like, obviously, it's super popular, and there's a humongous fan base for it, and it's always growing. But um, nothing from it really kind of jumped out at me, so I was a little bit surprised. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the current landscape of all the other things everyone else kind of falls into the same because a lot of people are just doing um, a lot more of the same. I mean, they're still doing it well, um, but it's just a lot more of the same. Uh, the only game I saw really kind of really start to push for anything super, super big, obviously, was Overwatch, but that's their big plans are still, still, you know, kind of out, and they're, they're not actually happening, so I can kind of understand why they took that direction. No, yeah, and I mean... I guess I'm going to make the bold early prediction, but I think if the Overwatch League goes really well, that I think Overwatch will easily be the esports game of the year next year, just because what it is kind of doing and how big of an impact it is going to have on esports. Um, I guess, yeah, I kind of agree with both of you guys about Counter-Strike, though. I don't really have too much interest in it. Um, I guess I don't really ever see it topping this uh, Twitch charts or anything kind of like that. So, I mean... There's got to be something to it that we're just missing blatantly, and maybe someone will fill us in on that online or something. But, I mean, congratulations, of course. I'm really glad that Counter-Strike's probably one of the older games out there that are kind of in the mainstream esports that's still going strong. So I'm glad to see it's going strong enough to still be winning Game of the Year. But at the same time, little thrown off by that. But, yeah, I'm making my early prediction for Overwatch next year to being Game of the Year. I mean, do you guys really have any counter arguments or do you think that's going to be the pretty obvious obvious winner next year 
just to touch on the point of why we think that um, CSGO took it, I think it's just because it was one of the pioneers of, like, esports as, like, a whole. I think that's... So, I think this is more of, like, a legacy award to them. Because um, I don't know if they've done this and I don't know if this is the esports, like, the first esports industry awards. I'm not too sure. Um, this is the first I've seen it, and I've been kind of paying attention to the scene for a little while. Mind you, it just may have slipped through the cracks. But I think that's why is that CS, CSGO you know has been around for ages and it's still going strong i think that those are kind of the groundworks for it but in terms of next year um yeah i think um it could i think it could go either way of of league or overwatch if overwatch makes a huge splash it makes a huge impression because of their their global presence now in the involved in the same league um i can see that definitely taking the cake um that being said um where league is moving to the franchising model and we're you know as we're going to discuss later um we're seeing some major shifts and stuff like that in the player base and stuff like that so maybe we might see something there but uh yeah i say it's like a 50 50 split between league and overwatch dylan do you kind of have anything or are you kind of on the same page no i think uh i think james put it pretty pretty well um i'm totally on board with that statement definitely a 50 50 between the two um if overwatch league does really well obviously it's gonna you know break some serious ground and it'll definitely take it yeah well thank god we got that out of the way so now the rest of the podcast is all gonna be about league of legends no this was not planned as much as you might think it is with me and james being such league junkies but there just hasn't (laughs) been a lot of news coming out this week i mean obviously there's im but we could talk about maybe the places and stuff like that but there hasn't been any big industry news coming out of that. So really, it just kind of happened to be that League of Legends kind of been what's taking over the mainstream media. A lot of it being on ESPN and stuff kind of like that. So lucky for me and James and Dylan will have to deal with it. We get to talk about League for the rest of the podcast. But um, So first off, something came out pretty early last week that I mean, I'm really happy to see. And again, I was another thing I was really surprised by this week. But League of Legends world viewership went up from 43 million to 86 million. Pretty much twice of what it had in the year before, from 2016 to 17. And, I mean, that's a lot of people. I mean, people have been making excuses here and there. I mean, do you guys think there's certain reasons why this membership is? Do you think it's just because esports is growing? Or why are we seeing such a big jump in viewership for this one tournament? Um, I think I, when I went to go look at the, like the Reddit article, when it was posted, it was like the top comment had like 2.800 or yeah, no, 28, uh, like upvotes. And it was like, it was in China. Of course it's going to have a high viewership. And then you actually look at the pair, player base and I didn't realize this. I don't know why this didn't register with me, uh, especially like the population base and stuff like that. But China dominates like the legal legend scene as far as like player base. I think they make up a stupid percentage. Um, and not saying like any, anything related to China. I say I, I'm saying the number is like a stupid amount. Like it's ridiculous. Um, and I think that's why we saw such a high viewership. And like that being said, like it was it was 83 million or 86 million or one of the two. Um, and it was like the finals began at four in the morning my time at least so three in the morning eastern so i mean this is basically on the back of a lot of like the european market um the you know the asian market and stuff like that so north america was pretty much unaffected like they, they weren't really involved in this at all because of the time frame so like i think that shows how much of the player base is ba- or like how much of the interest is based elsewhere other than just north america north america 
Yeah, and I guess, do you guys know, so, when I was watching the semifinals, um, I woke up at 4 a.m. just kind of by chance and turned on the game and watched a couple. Um, and there was over 400,000 people. I know that's not a lot compared to the 86 million, but were those 400,000 on Twitch only be from the U.S. or would that be worldwide? I guess I don't know how Twitch works in that way. So, okay, so yeah, I was just going to comment a little bit on it, and I think for the most part, it is a little bit of everyone. Um, now, obviously, a lot of people in the Asian market aren't going to be watching it. Um, I mean, they, ha they, they could have access to it, um, but there's a lot of other streaming services they'll probably be watching. Um, same with Europe. I think for the most part, Europe does stick with Twitch, so that is probably like NA and then Europe as well. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't know. Um, too much because I was like I was blown away when I saw 400,000 because to me I'm like holy crap there's 400,000 people in the United States up at four in the morning three in the morning watching these games right now but then I started thinking like well I mean Twitch is pretty big but I mean I'm sure there's other I mean so are you saying so there's 86 million viewers and if there's only 400,000 for the semifinals I mean do you think that China had that big of a viewership that they were watching that many people on their own streaming platforms and that NA in Europe really made no difference that we were only a couple million viewer, viewers? Um, I think I think Europe was a like a like a big determining factor with viewership as far as like other like as far as numbers that we could probably see. But I I I there I know I know the Asian market has like a specific stream that they they use that's not like Twitch or anything like that. That that's where their numbers got boosted off of. Um, I think I think the you know the the West contributed to maybe a decent percentage, maybe around like fifteen twenty percent. Um, but I think I think we can really thank China for like this this huge China not only China but China South Korea and um. And you know Japan, like all the all like I mean the the population base, the density over there is is incredible, right? So you're gonna see a huge spike when you have this event going on when these these populations can actually watch it at a reasonable time, right? Yeah. Um. And do we know where Worlds is gonna be in 2018, or when is that announced? Uh, I think it's announced midway through the year, I think, or maybe a little earlier. I don't think it's they don't announce it like back to back sort of thing. Um, I think we're we're gonna sit tight and wait a little bit. Okay, so if let's say it goes to I don't know Mexico, somewhere just kind of random like that, do we think we're gonna see it drop back down to forty three million or fifty million, or do we think that even on top of it not being in China, will the numbers keep going up? Um, I think it'll drop back down. I don't know, Dylan. What about you? Yeah, I think it's going to drop back down um, unless it hits that really sweet spot of where everyone in China can be watching kind of at the perfect moment. It will drop down, I, I definitely think. So if that's the case, is there any reason not to have it in China or Korea or anything kind of like that? It's obviously where some of the best teams are. It's obviously where the viewership is. Why would Riot ever put the World Championship anywhere outside of China or Korea? To grow your global uh market. Yeah, that's. I was just gonna say, like, I mean, it, like, from a marketing sense, yeah, it makes sense just to exclusively keep keep it in those areas where you generate the most viewership. But yeah, then your your you know your other areas are just gonna start losing their mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get that, but I'm saying just from a business point. So sure, you're isolating EU and NA, but 
you already saw the amount of people that traveled over there, at least on social media. I saw countless people from that, just from people that I follow on Instagram, which isn't even that many, going over and uh, going over to China watches. I mean, it is a big enough event to bring people over there and is really giving up 50 million people watching this event um, worth it to come. I'm like, I know what you're trying to say that you may be isolating NA. But a lot of us still watch this. A lot of us watch the replays. A lot of us are still really involved in it. And I guess I didn't feel isolated about it. I guess I don't know if I'd ever go to it unless it was like right next door or anything like that. Like personally, I wouldn't feel isolated and I could see the business behind it. But do you guys think it just be wouldn't be worth it in the long run? Um, I mean, so I can see them. The only place I can see them being like, you know what, we're not going to run it here anymore, um, would be Europe, where we're kind of seeing like a collapse of like the European League. Um, but I think there's, I think you'd start seeing like a lot of, I like if you continue to run the numbers in, in like in the like the Asian placements and stuff like that for for the tournament, um, you'd start seeing like the NA the NA like venture capital companies that um, have just or not. Yeah, venture capital. Am I saying that? That's angel that investor right. venture yeah. capital. Yeah, uh, anything like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, like because we start seeing them start backing out because they know they're not getting exposed. Their their demographic isn't getting exposed, and then you're running into basically you're exclusively catering to one area. And I think that's what tips the scales is that it's not worth it sticking in just the Asian market. Yes, the viewership is high, but the the money doesn't doesn't sell it if that makes sense oh yeah that makes sense and i mean yeah dylan do you have anything to kind of say on top of that yeah yeah i totally agree with that statement and i mean like the the whole purpose of them uh, running these events like yeah the numbers are great but the whole idea is to get the game spread itself so that everyone is playing this game and the whole idea behind what they want to do is literally get everyone possible playing this game and the best way to do that is you can go on these kind of rotations. You go from China, um, you go down to Brazil. Like you, you kind of go into all these different regions. You build the hype around it, and you have all your fans, you know, feel, feeling like they're getting love from the game and from the developers, yeah. and that leads to people playing the game and actually being attentive and engaged. Definitely. And I'm just saying, if it is probably anywhere in North America, I will be spending every penny I have to go to it next year. Um, I my guess would be just kind of my guess of where it would be next year would either be Korea or it'd be somewhere in the U.S. I agree with James saying EU is kind of in trouble right now looking at their league and everything like that, and I'm afraid it'll just collapse any day. So it'd probably be the safest bet to go Korea, where more than likely the champion is going to come out of, or NA because we are going to have such a big kind of backing with the new franchising system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think I think NA was the year before this, um, if I remember right. Um, so I don't know if they jump immediately back to us. I could see them, like you said, going to like Korea. Korea would make sense, despite it despite it being in the same location. It's a different country. Um, you know, it, so it caters to a different crowd. Like, I mean, you still get your viewership and all that good stuff, but you know, it's. It's it, it you know it, it's in a, it's a nice way around them being like oh we still want our massive viewership but we're going somewhere else guys like you know so I think that'd be like a sweet spot for them um I could also see them going into like South America as well um depending 
I mean, I, I honestly, I could start seeing them going to like towards, um, like the Asian South Pacific. Like, I mean, we're seeing like the last two worlds, we've seen a really good turnout from the Asian South Pacific team, uh, Gigabyte Marines, who like basically came into came into worlds and made a huge like global presence, right? Like, everybody kind of wrote off these like these B teams, quote unquote, because they're like they're not one of these teams with like a huge market, a huge a huge amount of money and stuff like that. But they came in there and they they destroyed a lot of people with their like unique play style. So I could see Riot recognizing their their fan base and kicking in on that. Um, but yeah, th- those are the, those are the places I had in mind. Okay, Dylan, anything besides South uh, U.S. Korea, anything like that? Uh, no, I don't think I can really speculate on it. Yeah, I. I mean, I guess who knows with Riot. I mean, they've made questionable decisions before. They've made they just kind of do whatever they want to. It seems like sometimes I know a lot of people have been unhappy with a couple of the preseason changes, and they seem to be standing by that pretty well. So Riot will do what Riot wants, I suppose. But hopefully, it's somewhere yeah. that I can at least afford to go to. I mean, or at least somewhere where I don't have to wake up at four in the morning to watch would be ideal. But whatever kind of happens. I mean, I'm still going to do my best to kind of watch it next year, and who cares? I mean, maybe someone from NA with some of the trades happening on uh, might actually have a chance. But before yeah. we get that, a um, couple more developments kind of happening in the uh, NA franchising system. The three NBA teams have finally announced what their brands are going to be, and honestly, I was really kind of surprised, and they're definitely taking a different approach to what Overwatch was, and I definitely thought it was going to be a copycat system. So it seems like teams are going to be based out of an area, but they're not going to be like the Wisconsin FlyQuest or something like that. They're going to be Team FlyQuest is what my guess is going to be. Because right now, the Houston uh, Rockets, their team is going to be Clutch City. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to keep the 100 Thieves brand with they kind of bought partnered with and then my most questionable one is the golden state warriors chose the golden guardians to be their team names so yeah what are your guys kind of initial thoughts on these three teams how the teams are named and just kind of things like that i think i'll I'll, I'll start first with saying that like despite the fact that we're seeing a no like regional um like pride or anything like that like Clutch City is like a like a Houston Rockets quote like that's their thing. So I mean you're seeing you're seeing a bit of regional pride with that. Um, but like yeah, so I, I like Clutch City. Um, One Thousand Thieves. Like I mean they're already a previously established name. Um, <laughs> the Golden Guardians to me is just gonna be nothing but memes though. There's like I don't I don't I, I want to like I want to I bet I guarantee the same guy that came up with Golden Guardians came up with New York Excelsior. Like that's it's the, the dudes are on the same page or it's the same guy. So um, I don't I'm not a, a huge huge fan of that one. Um, I'm looking forward to see what the other ones are though. Definitely, yeah. I'm I'm really curious to kind of see um, if the teams change any of their names or if there's going to be team solo mid. Um, which we definitely were kind of speculating that there wasn't going to be anymore. But yeah, Dylan, your kind of thoughts? Um, I don't think I have any super strong opinions on the names. Um, I'm actually kind of fine with all the names. Um, like I, w- I was totally on board with not liking Excelsior, but I'm, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm totally on board with all these names. I, I have no big, uh, big gripes with any of them. No big qualms with, uh, with Golden Guardians? No, I, th- I think Golden Gardens is fine. Okay, so I'll, I'll take you out of this question then. 
But James, if you had to choose between the New York Excelsior and the Golden Guardians, which team name would you pick? <laughs> Come on, man! Don't put me in that spot. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably take Golden Guardians. I think it's, I think it's probably the the more reasonable of the two. Um, friggin', yeah, I, I, I don't like. Maybe it's, maybe it's just because I like league that much that I take their side like blindly. But like New York, New like there's public outcry for New York Excelsior to change their name. So I'm like I know I'm not the only one when I say I would not take that. No, and I, and I definitely agree. And I mean I guess I kind of get where they're going with the Golden Guardians. I mean Guardians is a pretty commonly used term in League of Legends. The Golden State Warriors, Golden State, and the Golden Guardians. I mean the team name does make sense. And I agree with Dylan that it's not as bad as, like, the New York Excelsior. And, like, there's not as big of a public outcry against this team name. But I still definitely think they could have done something different. And I would have preferred that they went with the region-based teams. I would have loved to see, I mean, I guess it doesn't sound good, but, like, Houston Clutch City or something like that. Like, you don't have to always use it in the branding. But even if you just put that team name in front of it, I just feel like that makes such a big difference on viewership numbers because um i i just feel like there's a difference between the houston outlaws and clutch city despite them being in the same exact city one sounds like someone that doesn't know anything about that sport can go in and support because it's a team name and one only nba fans that know the quote clutch city will be able to kind of relate to the other one so i just see that kind of being a problem uh, and I would have preferred them taking a different approach with the names. I think and I Dylan, I don't know if you want to back me up on this or not, but I think the reason they're doing this kind of cross branding thing is to get more exp- exposure into the NBA scene. Um, I think it's to try and bring like esports players over because I mean like I'd say a decent demographic of like league players and stuff like that wa- like watch or participate in sports. I don't think that's unreasonable to say. Um so I think that they're they're trying to create like oh where did Clutch City come from oh the Houston it's from the Houston Rockets it's their you know their NBA team like quote you know what I mean so maybe that's why they're doing it same with the Golden Guardians the Golden State Warriors like you know you kind of fall over with that um I don't that's my two cents on it I'm not Dylan I don't know if you agree with me or not yeah. on that man yeah I totally agree with that I mean they're just trying to take that branding and even go like even further with it because they have all these like golden state warriors fans that are totally on board they just want to take those fans and be like hey do you also play league well we have a league team yeah it's real easy they're the golden one they're the golden guardians right like it's it's, it's a smart <laughs> i think it's a smart move and uh i mean i know 100 thieves have already kind of been a developed brands but the cleveland cavaliers like fuck it we're big enough we don't need that cross branding they're just kind of doing their own thing i yeah, that may like I mean it's, I think it's a smart move from the Houston Rockets because where they are like they definitely do have a definitive fan base. It like the Cavaliers like I mean they they they've been established for for years, man. I don't think they have too too much to worry about. It's the same guy like I don't know if Optic Gaming is going to rebrand because I don't think they don't I think they don't have to. Um I think a lot of these teams that were like that are already established elsewhere um we're going to see them just be like, "You know what? No, we're too we're already situated. We don't need this." Yeah. So I- that's my take on I'm it. I'm just at least. really kind of curious that because Optic Gaming is the Houston Outlaws, correct? Yeah, I think I think probably the reason I, I think I'm assuming probably the Overwatch League was like you have to have like a like a regional base name because everything else is right. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. why. And I'm sure um, Optic really would love to try to get both of them, 
because, I mean, realistically, you really could have just thrown the name on for both of them, and that just makes branding of a hell of a lot easier. I mean, Optic is already developed, oh, yeah. they don't need to really brand Optic. But obviously, if you just do the Houston Outlaws Overwatch team and the Houston Outlaws um, League of Legends team, that would make things kind of better and easier because they're both starting pretty much at the exact same time. But Riot kind of does. Well, like I said earlier, Riot does what Riot wants, and they decided that they wanted uh, the Houston Rockets <laughs> yeah. in there, and I'm sure the Houston Rockets played a pretty penny and did a little bit more than they had to to get in versus some of the other teams. But, again, I'm just glad this thing's starting to kind of come together. I mean, December, I mean, November's halfway done, and we don't have kind of all the teams confirmed or the names or anything kind of announced yet. I mean, maybe we're not going to have any name announcements now that we're starting to see that they're not location-based. But, I don't know. I'm excited to see the last nine teams. But, we'll see. I still want the Milwaukee FlyQuest. I want to make sure that they're based out of Milwaukee. If they, <laughs> if they go to Chicago, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to be honest with you guys. If I have to drive down to Chicago to, for a game versus uh, Milwaukee, I am not going to be a happy camper. And I will not be supporting the FlyQuest. We're going to come into every podcast, and, or, uh, and Andrew's just going to be pissed off about the fact he has to keep going to Chicago to watch well, that, games. That'll be my sign-off. That's going to start. It's going gonna, gonna to start every freaking that'll day. That'll be my sign-off. I <laughs> promise you yeah. all, if the FlyQuest goes to Chicago, I will end every podcast with thank you and fuck the Chicago FlyQuest. I will make that promise <laughs> oh right God. now if they go to Chicago instead of Milwaukee. That is how big of a difference it is to me, despite it being a half an hour extra drive. Oh my God, we're gonna be we're gonna be get we're gonna get noticed because we have such a hatred for for Chicago FlyQuest. That's gonna be our that's gonna be our claim to fame. Everyone's a little more chill, but you and me definitely have kind of the brand of jumping on and being a little overboard when it comes to hating things. But you know, I I really hate New York Excelsior. I really hate it. <laughs> but you know, stuff happens, and I mean, it's all in good sense. I don't really I really don't hate those guys, but. I, I'm definitely loving the idea of eSports starting to happen in Wisconsin just because that's where I'm at. That's where I'll be for the next couple of years. So, realistically, that's kind of the region-based pride that I thought NALCS was going to kind of build around. But they definitely seem to kind of be taking a different approach. So, it'll be interesting to see how it ends up developing. And I'm almost liking the Overwatch format a lot more than I'm liking NALCS so far. So, it'll be interesting to see how this continues to develop. But with that, um, kind of the trading scene, I guess it's not trade yet because the trading season for, or trading period or whatever, for the NALCS starts on Tuesday. But that does not stop teams from buying contracts and making moves before that. So I guess there's kind of a lot of... Um, Trades that have kind of been made. I just have one article up. I know you guys kind of know some of the other ones. And we'll talk about them. But this was the one that really kind of surprised me. because um, So TSM acquired the contracts from Mithy and Zven for next season. And they can't sign the G2 players until uh, November 21st. But this is pretty big. I mean, TSM already did amazing last season. I mean, they could have done better, of course. But now you're taking two of the better players from G2, bring them on there, and that's just amazing to me. I mean, I'm kind of shocked. I mean, I guess I don't know what's going to happen with Doublelift. I don't feel like he's the kind of guy that'll sit on the sidelines and be a backup because he is expected to be the backup. 
But so yeah, so let's first talk about this uh, TSM trade, and then let's talk about the uh, trades that have happened outside of this. Um, I effectively this is the death of the kings of Europe. Like this is like they, that's what they were known for, and with them going over to NA, because of course they're going to get more money um, over in North America. Um, like this, like that's. Yeah, I think this is a bad. This is great for NA, great for TSM, but bad news for Europe. Um, this isn't looking good for them. We're seeing like a lot of their talent starting to, you know, say, you know, we're we're done with over here, especially with how shaky their 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 whole like uh their whole system has been in the last last little while. Um, so yeah, I think that's the big takeaway from it is that this is a huge blow to huge blow to Europe, huge game for North America. Okay, and then I guess. A question I kind of ask you, Dylan, since I know I don't know how much kind of personal experience and knowledge you have about all these individual players, but what kind of worry do you see about that? We already have some of the best EU players coming over to the NA already. I mean, are you seeing that's going to be a problem for EU? Do you think that's this is going to be the ultimate collapse because the trading period hasn't even started? We are already seeing great players going. I mean, do you see this as a potential downfall of EU uh, League of Legends? Uh, it's. I think it's a little too early to a little too early to say. Um, I know they're they're looking forward at re remodeling the whole thing. Um, so I'm not too sure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence and be uh, be kind of undecided. I can't. I don't. I I don't want to give a straight answer because I'm afraid it's gonna change real real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, same boat. I don't think I have a a good enough insight to make a. Okay. Call like that. No, yeah. I, I'm just. I know. I'm just trying to do my best to kind of uh, involve you in the conversation because I know this is league oriented, and you have some experience with it, but you're not quite as into it as uh, me and James, which is actually a good thing because thank God we don't have three League of Legends guys on this podcast. Otherwise, we'd never <laughs> stop talking about it. So I'm just trying to do my best to make sure that we kind of get some of your points in there because I know you have a lot more kind of insight to the organizational and kind of the professional side. While me and James are definitely kind of more, a little bit on the player, a little bit on the fanboy side. So we are a little bit more passionate, <laughs> and you're usually the guy that kind of brings us down and uh, keeps us a little more level-headed. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, James, any other trades that you've kind of seen that have really... Actually, before we go on to that, what do you think Double F's going to do? I mean, he is uh, known for... <sighs> I mean, he actually shit-talks Ven earlier this summer on Instagram. He... He said uh, the best uh, ADC in the world, and then Sven. So, like, he's already not going to take this very well once that happened. Because I'm sure this is probably a blind side for him. So, what do you think he's going to do? Yeah. Uh, I he, he uh, see the the nice part about being double lift is that you can fall back on streaming and be totally fine. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. Um, I'm actually more worried about Biofrost. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he'll probably get picked up for it by a team, but. Yeah, as far as like double with goes, um, he's probably just going to either he'll go pick go to another team, play for them, make a decent amount of money, or he'll go back to streaming because I mean when double streams he averages around like two k viewers. He's like the nighttime. I'm a cutie yeah. pie, so I think I think he's uh, despite probably being blindsided. Yes, I don't think he's too concerned. Okay. No, and I definitely watch him at night too. I was actually just watching him last night. I love watching him, and personally. If it's the Milwaukee FlyQuest, I want to make very clear when I talk about FlyQuest, it's always Milwaukee FlyQuest. I would love to see a character like that, even Biofrost. I don't have too much problems with Biofrost if he wants to go to the FlyQuest too. 
but I think a character like that would be really good for FlyQuest because they're not a horrible team, but they just don't have anyone really rememberable. I can't tell you a single player on FlyQuest right now, and I'm sorry if any of you guys are listening right now. I highly doubt you are. But, <laughs> like, I think a character like that, that kind of brings fans in, despite him being a dick sometimes, he is a great personality to build a team around, even if it's just for a split or two. So, I think that would kind of be the best for him to go to a smaller team. He'll probably make a little bit more money than he would for being the backup for G2 and stuff kind of like that. Uh, not G2, um, for TSM. So I think that'd be the best, but I think he was already talking about only playing for a couple more splits. I think he made that comment somewhere. So again, I kind of agree that I don't think he's too worried, but personally I would love for him to come to Milwaukee um, just for that kind of character and kind of face of a brand. Oh yeah. I, I think on, on the on the closing note of this, um, just now towards your comment to to FlyQuest, anybody who's been around and watched like has been watching the league scene for a while loves FlyQuest because it's a bunch of like old veterans that have just been playing it. Like um, Lemonation has been around for ages, um, Balls has been around for ages, and it's, like he's got a hilarious Balls. Yeah, he's got a hilarious name, so it's even more reason to back him. Um, High is also like a notoriously known player. Um, again, against the older market and stuff like that, he's not one of these flashy names. But he's he does have a reputation. So I mean, guys like me, I love FlyQuest because I get to see a bunch of like these old vets play and stuff like that. But yeah, they they don't have character and they don't have personality, which is kind of a sin. I am buying a Milwaukee FlyQuest balls jersey now. That is now <laughs> going to be the player I support more than anyone else in the entire NLCS. If it is the Milwaukee FlyQuest, very very clear. If it says Milwaukee with the balls on the background. I will be wearing that jersey on a weekly basis, even if they aren't playing. So I am very glad you brought that up. I know that is very childish, <laughs> but that is now my new favorite player in the team at FlyQuest. And I know they're very well known for not having many imports and for being a very NA-based team. So I've done a little bit of research on them, but not too much. But yeah, I would definitely love just for them to pick up a couple big names, even if it's over from EU. I mean, no offense to you, but you guys need to get your shit together. And then maybe you kind of have some players coming back. But, I mean, if you have some of the big names come over for the NALCS for a couple splits, I have no problem with that. While EU kind of figures their stuff out, let some new players kind of develop over there. Um, and then some of the teams over here. I mean, obviously, Golden City, I mean, Golden Guardians and stuff, they need a whole team. Um, so, they got to get yeah. those from somewhere. And they didn't get any of the Immortal players, which we can kind of talk about. Um like Cody Sons, X Mithy, um, Anda is the third one, right? Anda. Um, all yeah, th- Anda's, Anda's all another. All three of them went to Team Liquid. So, and I forgot where the yeah. other two from uh, Immortals went, but that entire team is its starting lineup has been dispersed. So obviously, yeah. Houston, Cavs, none of them got any of those. So I'm really curious to kind of seeing where those uh, players going to come from. I mean, they have to come out of. Uh, somewhere, and I don't think they're going to draft all rookies for their opening season. That'd just be a mistake, I think, with so many teams that are cut. Well, absolutely, yeah. I think the um, you got to remember too, like the the Phoenix One roster and the MBS run roster hasn't really, I think, landed anywhere that I've seen. Um, and like Phoenix One's got some big names, especially like Mike Young. Um, he had a huge breakout breakout split. He's definitely going to somewhere for a good amount of money. I would not be surprised if he go he ends up with the Cavaliers or or Golden State to be honest. Um, so I think 
I think we're gonna. I think on Tuesday we'll see a lot of these shifts. Um, our honestly, our Slack is probably gonna be blown up by me just posting like where everybody's going. Um, but um, just to kind of touch on Europe again, because I really think um, yes, we've been shit talking them a decent amount. But that being said, we did just see a, ma- a couple of trades between Fnatic and um and Misfits, who also had a pretty a pretty good world showing. They actually, you know, like I mean, Misfits took took. SKT to five games. That's that's huge for like a, on a global market, right? Like that that is fake for Europe. Seeing seeing them do that, um, because uh, I think they're acquiring they're probably acquiring Jezzes from Fnatic because Hillisang from Unicorns of Love is moving into the Fnatic role along with along with Reckless, kind of their 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 poster boy. Um, so I think that we're we're still seeing some major moves over there. It's just unfortunately we're seeing some talent be exported as well. Ignar from Mismis most likely is probably going to go back to Korea because everybody's like, oh shit, this guy's still good. Let's get him back to you know the 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 home country, right? So um, I don't think it's the death of Europe yet. Maybe the beginnings, but we'll we'll see. No, yeah. Ugh. I mean. So they don't have like a set trading period or anything like that, right? Like they're able to pretty much trade freely still. Or does that start for them on Tuesday as well? Uh, yeah. So the thing I'm seeing is a lot of a lot of the like the twi- uh, the the players and the coaches are tweeting out. Um, speaking of coaches, um, Sasong from Immortals has gone to TSM as well. He was the he was their coach for Immortals. Um, but yeah. So I've seen a lot of them posting. Hey, I'm still under contract, but I am allowed I am allowed to negotiate with other teams. Um, this seems to be kind of across the board with everybody. Um, I'll be interested to see if Overwatch picks this up. This kind of being like, yeah, I'm still with these guys, but everybody doesn't seem to care and just lets us kind of run rampant. Um, uh, was it ever like that in StarCraft, Dylan? I don't know what their contract system was. If because I know they like they were like very early on. Um, if they like, cause I'm assuming they're ones that kind of laid the groundwork for this. Do you know what they how they did things? Um, it was very, very different contracting. It really depended on the different region that you were on. Um, okay. So basically, all the really big contracting, probably breakthroughs, I would say, probably came from uh, Kespa, uh, the Korean Esports Association. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. They, they probably had like the first big, great, uh, like big breakthroughs with it, and then NA kind of started following behind them. But yeah, I'm, I'm guessing all the the basic contracting stuff really was probably seen there first. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess, do you guys personally, I mean, Dylan specifically, I mean, what do you think of this trading kind of style? I mean, do you see any problems with this? I mean, do you think this kind of organized trading almost as if it's like the NFL? Uh, I mean, you always see in a couple weeks for the NFL, like it's a lot of heavy trading. Like, do you see any problem with this kind of trading or do you think it's just a good kind of step in developing an organized way for kind of esports and League of Legends. I'm sorry, Andrew. You were kind of like in and out there. Were you were you gearing that word towards specifically Dylan? Well, either one of you. I I want to get Dylan's kind of perspective okay. too because he knows kind of he's seen different trading styles than we have. Like I guess I'm really only familiar with professional like normal sports, and this is really the only kind of knowledge I have. So I just want him to kind of compare and even anything that you might have seen to kind of other trading styles and what you kind of think of how these trades have happened so far. I don't, I don't see any, I don't see any glaring problems out of it yet. Um, it seems everybody seems to be pretty forward with, um, how they're doing things like like they, 
Um, I, I don't see anything coming from the players until like it's cleared by the management being like, hey, you're allowed to look for other work. You're allowed to look for other teams. You're allowed to expand your horizons. Even even like the Russian league and stuff like that. Like uh, I've seen some guy or like in the Turkish leagues, I've seen guys retweeted from like Fibonacci who, who made worlds as well. Having this exact same, exact same plate, like uh contract style being like, once again, I'm still contracted, but I'm allowed to work for other work. I don't know if it's, I don't know. If it doesn't see, I don't see any problems with it yet. So, I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. And then Dylan, do you have anything on top of that? Or are you just kind of on the, um, basically everything that, um, James said, I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. Um, so I think the big thing that you're going to start seeing is with, uh, probably with the players, if they start having major issues and they're coming together and kind of bringing these issues to the fro forefront, kind of, you know, unified together, um, and basically calling for a change to the system, that's probably where we're going to be seeing it from yeah and i i don't know if i'm i might be wrong when i'm saying this but i thought i remember saying that when riot first announced the franchising model that they were talking about some kinds of player union and i know that i'm mean, obviously um they've been treating the players very well and stuff kind of like that but i haven't heard anything on that am i wrong in saying that or have you no i haven't seen anything either i've been kind of kind of keep my eye out for it because it is like but like you're right in both ways. Like there has been no, no mention of it since then, since the initial announcement. But also, you haven't seen any mistreatment of players. You haven't seen any major, like you know, scripts and conduct and stuff like that, and like contractual obligations. So I think you, the, the the mere mentioning of that is just like, oh yeah, we need to treat everybody good because you know, as soon as as soon as franchising hits and as soon as we get into the first season, these guys have that association. They're gonna have that there, right? So. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess I haven't seen any more trades on top of kind of what we've hit on so far. Um, there may have been a couple players here and there, but I definitely think next week we'll definitely talk about trades too because I'm sure a lot of the big ones will happen within the first couple of days and we'll start being able to kind of see how some of these teams come together. If we see maybe any early powerhouses, kind of stuff like that, I'm sure the uh, rosters and starts will stop will start to be announced and things kind of like that. So I'm sure we'll touch a little bit more on this trading scene and if maybe some problems do come arise in the next week now that trading is officially up. So this is something we'll probably touch on at least briefly, if not a little bit more in depth again next week. But, I mean, do you guys, either either one of you have any last touching moments on this topic? Uh, not really, no. I think we'll see more out of it next week. Um, I'm hoping that we have some more of the content coming out of the Overwatch League because it's become my new favorite thing, kind of just to see how that's developing. Um, but yeah, no, uh, as of this topic, t the, at least this week, I've got really nothing else. Dylan, do you have anything on this or maybe any other topics you'd want to bring up? Uh, nope, I have nothing else. Yeah, um, and I guess I don't really have any major topics. Um, I remember James just kind of mentioned Overwatch League. Preseason for that does start in three weeks, something like that. Um, December 6th will be the first day of preseason with the actual season starting December 10th. So, I mean, that's only three, maybe four more podcasts before the Overwatch League kicks off. So I'm definitely sure we'll see some more content coming out of that. I mean, a lot of the schedules, a lot of the big things have been released already, but maybe a news article here, news article there. But we're getting close, boys. I mean, this and NALCS are definitely kind of coming to the forefront and the season's going to start and realistically we'll stop talking about them so much because we'll just kind of be enjoying them but i guess i don't have any other topics either so um i'll let you kind of sign off james and we can uh, kind of start wrapping up the podcast 
Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, James A-R-E Graham. Um, you can also find me on the honor.gg website as well. Um, all my contact info is there. If you ever want to talk about League, um, if you want to talk about my new favorite pastime, which is Overwatch. Um, uh, yeah, but that's 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 about it for me. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at Beal4Real. Uh, that's the number four. Awesome. And then, so my favorite new pastime actually now isn't as much watching Overwatch, but I actually just picked up Overwatch on the PlayStation 4 been playing a ton of that recently but i'm horrible i'm gonna be honest so if anyone wants to add me on playstation 4 i'm at duh da dash player 41 i made it when i was in middle school i know it is the worst name in the world i wish i could change it but um definitely add me there if you want to play some overwatch and help kind of carry me at least to level 20 so i can start playing a little bit of uh ranked and outside of that as always you can find me on twitter at nims 41 n-i-m-z Four one, um, but until that, hopefully next week we have another more kind of diverse topics. I mean, me and James love talking about uh, League of Legends, but um, not always the best thing when we're always talking about that. So hopefully, we have a lot of content coming up. Maybe we'll try to scratch for maybe a bigger topic if not much uh, news comes out. But outside of that, thank you all so much for listening, and go Milwaukee FlyQuest. Talk to you guys next week.